sort of get that, 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 that. Right. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Welcome to the Tug of More, everybody. So glad that you're joining us uh, today. Today. Whether you're watching right now or whether you're watching in a month or in a year. Yeah. Isn't that kind of crazy? Right. That the content that we're putting out today, people could watch in a hundred years from now. Forever. Yeah. So make sure that we don't say something. That's true. Because whatever. Get someone mad at us in the future. Like we could possibly know what is going to be canceled in that the happens. future. That happens. I know. You but say something, and then in the future, they get mad about what you said yesterday. What if in the future, a denim jacket is an inappropriate thing? Then I am inappropriate. Right. This is hard. I don't like it. Because I used to be Mr. Suit Jacket. Yeah. And then this one and my wife, uh, they come along, and they destroy my whole wardrobe and they want me to turn into denim jacket man helped your wardrobe so now i got all these jackets it's texas and it's 85 and i'm wearing (laughs) a jacket right now but you look nice do we are we gonna have to dress are we gonna dress up every podcast no we gotta wear like just t we're gonna get some tug of more swag maybe and then we can wear it okay i don't know what are we talking about today well actually all these beautiful people have joined us what I know. We well, you're sharing a little bit about who you are. And to I am? Di- yeah, right now you are. Oh, that's true. And that's kind of what we're talking about today is who are these people? So we've put ourselves out here on the interwebs for all the world to know. That's right. And our heart is that leaders and people who feel a tug of more in their life would be able to step into all that God has for them. And so we're just sharing some of our experiences, some yeah. of what God's taught us. But who even are we? Yeah. So why even are we doing it? Okay. Yeah. So if you're new, <laughs> yeah. Tug of more is about this feeling right? that all of us have inside that yep. we know we're created to do something big and great that God has a plan for right. us. But that there's this tug of where we are compared to where we know we're supposed to be. Yep. And so all throughout life, we're, we're in this tug war with ourselves, with problems, yep. with other people and their opinions of us. Circumstances, right. And so we're tugging towards more. Yeah. And so if you're a leader, an influencer, you're in ministry, whatever, you're a business any owner, person, right. we're talking to you real things yep. about how to navigate the tug towards more. Yeah. And I think that it became what it is because for us, we've always felt a tug. Yes. to more like yeah. since the beginning of our childhood for me i remember knowing and and that god had called me to big things and there's been this tug for me for a long time yeah. and for you the same yeah same thing it, even when i was a little kid i was like i can do that i right. can do that i'm supposed to do this right i didn't know how or what or it wasn't even really modeled right for me a whole lot i just <clears throat> knew that god had something. no right what i'm doing definitely wasn't modeled for me but i think we've always tried to endure the tug to fight through the tug and so that's what we're doing here but we're gonna start with some light questions okay to what it makes me think there's this tv show that we used to watch parks and rec oh yeah and there's this lady on the show called leslie named what? leslie nope and so we tease whitney that she's kind of leslie and so there's an episode on parks and rec where leslie has this little like three ring binder she made when she was like seven mm-hmm. we'll put the picture in here Bailey loves it when I do that. <laughs> so and so, when Leslie was seven, yeah. she was like, "I'm going to be somebody the important." Oh, the president. And so we tease Whitney, Wonder Woman for president. That she's Leslie Nope uh, because 
yeah, she has all the binders and all the plans to do yeah. great things. Yeah. But I think that all of us, when we were little, we have these beliefs that we can do something, but then as we get older, insecurity creeps in. Right. We had talked about that last episode, if you didn't see it. Go back. And so so make sure that you like, subscribe, follow, share, comment, engage. There you go. That's all a good the plug. Uh, uh, man. What if dabbing and, becomes an inappropriate thing in the offensive. future? <laughs> Wasn't there a president that like got off the airplane once know. and he was like giving everyone the peace sign and it meant like F you <laughs> in some country? <laughs> you know this? It was like Reagan. No. Yeah, he got off the airplane somewhere oh, and he's no. like, peace. But it was like a super inappropriate thing. In that culture. God is the best. Hey, we're trying, guys. So anyways. We're trying to be relevant, but so yet we might be. little not. Leslie Nope here. Yes. You feel like God has called you to something. No, right. And so I think that. Man, we all face that. And so as we do, we got to keep fighting and tugging through. And so let's start with some... Okay. Yep. Our <laughs> staff true. tried to tell me that I was someone from Parks and Rec. And I yes, argued. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You are... This is the thing. I am Leslie. You are Ron. This is what we are. Yeah, but I also want to be a little you Tom. Also are Tom. <laughs> and a little Andy. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to treat yourself. Yeah, okay. But also, you think I said... I want some bacon. What I actually said was, give, give me, me all, all the, the bacon, bacon that okay. you have. <laughs> Let's get to what we're getting Okay, at. okay. Speaking of bacon, what is your favorite food? Oh, uh, favorite food. I've got to say favorite food is like great burger and fries. Yeah, that's true for you. It's not off food, but it's like a meal. Yeah. No. Uh, my favorite food, the thing I could eat every day would either be guacamole and chips okay. or some form of sushi. I love sushi. Yeah, that's why you always try to make us go eat sushi. I know. And I'm always like, can nah, we please, can we get a burger God, and fries? Please, can we just get a burger? <laughs> okay, uh, what's your favorite movie? God, this is an impossible question. Right. Um, so I would pick one from the Trinity of Action Heroes. Okay. Uh, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, or Willis. And so, you like, know, you got to get that Bruce Willis. Yeah, I'd have that Bruce. And so, like, something. But if really, if I have to pick one, like, Gun to my head, I'm probably going to say Die Hard. Really? Man, it's great. Yeah, except we've done now only three episodes. I know, And I know. in the first two episodes, no, you referenced know. your friend Rocky. Yeah, I'm saying Rocky is like a spiritual experience for me. Okay. <laughs> Rocky, Rocky is a spiritual experience along with Over the Top, if you remember Over the Top. Yeah. But like, I think that just as an action movie, like okay. just a normal guy goes and visits his wife. They're kind of in an argument. And then, like, shooters come in. Yeah. And then he saves the day. He tapes a gun to his back. Psh, right. Hans falls from the building. It's, like, the greatest. It's no, the greatest that's movie. good. What I is yours? I don't know. The Notebook or something weird? The Notebook's probably, <laughs> <laughs> of course. The Notebook's probably the only, uh, what are those called, like, romantic comedy that I can swallow. Uh, but, I, oh, gosh, I don't know. I like all the movies. I have no idea. I, I, We're gonna time you out. I, I, yeah, time me out. I have no good favorite movie. I watched The Sound of Music a zillion times when I was a kid. I haven't watched it in years. I know. See? Is that the one with all the Scottish people <laughs> dancing around? <laughs> Scottish. What are they? Y yes. No. Swedish. <laughs> they're in the hills and they're alive. Uh, okay. If you had any other job, what would it be? Oh man, uh, I'd have been a WWF wrestler. <laughs> 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 Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. I'd have straight taken some roids and been like slamming people. That's a good one. I'd have that ring talk down. Let me tell you something, brother. And I would just be whooping up him. So people. you would be the ring 
Oh, no, you would be the guy yeah, I'd in be a, the ring. I think I'd want to yeah, be a wrestler. Yeah, I'd want to be a fighter. I would have been trying to be in charge of anything anywhere else. That's just, like, I mean, you're teasing me, but it's true. I always wanted to be in, organized and help and yeah. solve and change the world. So maybe, maybe I would have gone to D.C. at some point. After I visited D.C. for the first time, I was like, oh, my word. I, I love this. So you'd maybe have, I would have done something in you'd politics. You would have dove into the swamp. Yeah, probably. Probably. Swamp dwellers. Um, okay. Okay. What was your first job ever? Other than being an indentured servant for my parents. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my mom and dad own a cleaning business. Okay. And so they clean homes and businesses in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was a kid, they would make me go with my mom and vacuum apartment hallways. Hmm. And so there would be these giant apartment complexes yeah. in Flint. And they would just give me, at like 13 to 12, a vacuum cleaner, and I would just go and vacuum apartment hallways. It was the worst. No, ironically, my first job also was cleaning. I got a job. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember the story. Uh, when, when I turned 16, my best friend got a uh, part in the school play, and she called me and said, hey, I have to give up my job. Do you want it? And I was like, sure. And so after five uh, every day, Monday through Friday, I went and cleaned and uh, also ironic because I'm married to an airport manager. I cleaned airport apartment or uh, airport office building after hours. It's weird, right? It's like the Lord. I vacuumed like drugs and changed trash can bags. I wanted to get up out of that cleaning game. So I went <laughs> yeah, got, it was the I worst. Went, I went and got a job at Burger King. <laughs> I worked at Burger King. Have it your th- way? They had it your way. I had worked at Burger King for three weeks. What happened after three weeks? I was working that register so good. Some other dude came in, and he was like, young man, I like your style. And he offered me a job at Shlotsky's Deli. Oh, okay. And so he came and stole me from Burger King. You got that upgrade. <laughs> I got that $0.25 cent an hour upgrade. I went to Shlotsky's and uh, was making sandwiches. Sa- it, sandwich. was, it, was, it was in a hospital. It was right next door to a frulati. Okay. And so I would trade sandwiches for shakes from the frulati girls. Uh-oh. I was like, what's up? <laughs> what's up, girl? I'll get you a sandwich. <laughs> Something is this beneficial for anybody? No, what we're, we're doing? It's just leading us into <laughs> the like, conversation this is that we're going to be a leadership have. podcast. Hey, what are these questions? Ju- I, it's just getting to know us. Okay. Yeah. Well, you you are the one who gave second job. I didn't ask that oh, question. Yeah. That's because my first job. Okay. I kind of had to do it if I wanted to eat at my parents' house. <laughs> That's true. So you had a lot of jobs. I had a lot of jobs. But then. Oh, now we're both uh, leaders in ministry. And so talk about how you got started in ministry. Oh, man. Uh, how I got started started was helping my youth pastor set up chairs on Wednesday nights. Okay. So uh, I don't know. Somewhere along the way I went to a camp or a retreat or something, and someone was like, you know, you need to help your youth pastor. So yep. I, I'd go up to my youth pastor like with tears in my eyes. It was like a 14-year-old, Pastor Mike. Pastor Mike Hauser, shout out. We're still friends. And I was like, I'll help. I'll do anything you need. And so he was like, I need you to come and set up the chairs. And so he was real anal about the chair order. And so I would set up the chairs. And then he had these little, uh, he had these little programs that he printed. The name of our youth group was Powerhouse. And it was a picture of a church, like a square church, but it had these muscle arms coming off the side. Of it. And, so, and so Pastor Mike would print these bulletins for all the teenagers. And so I'd put the chairs out. And then I would put all the bulletins on the on the chair. And I did that for a long time. We grew up in the same church. Same church. On different sides of the country. Uh, my youth group's name was In the Line of Fire because... That's a sentence. <laughs> yeah, it's a long <laughs> sentence. 
sentence. Uh, but it was about like the disciples in the upper room and the Holy Spirit and all the things. And so we had like flames. Yeah, but in the line of fire I, is a is bad absurd. thing. It I don't want to be in the line it of was fire. A, it was a flip around. I don't know. It was a flip of something. <laughs> <laughs> What's actually true is that in my life of youth, uh, youth group, we had in zone, like the letter in and then the word zone. I have no idea nope. what that meant. I can't remember. I know it had a scripture. <laughs> then this in the line of fire that was about being in the place where the Holy Spirit will use you. And then uh, my church growing was Carbondale Assembly of God. And uh, so we then called ourselves Caggy. C-A-G-Y. <laughs> Oklahoma, what do you... Anyway, in the 90s, people had names for their youth groups. Yeah, Powerhouse. And, and in the line of fire. In the line of fire. So, so that's how I got started. And then... Uh, did you have a student council in your youth group? Then my... No. Oh, we did. Then my youth pastor one day, uh, they want to put, they had a lake out front of the church. And my mm-hmm. youth pastor wanted to put a zip line across the lake. And so he asked me to go up and help him. And you know what he wanted me to do? <laughs> he wanted me to take a rope and swim across the lake with it. So they could take this rope and pull the cable across. It's like, seriously, that's what you called me up here for? Hey. And so it just started me helping yep. with everything. We started a ministry uh, where we would go and visit teenagers who had visited youth group for the first time. And we called it. like So they'd come on a right. Wednesday and we would like go visit them on a Friday and like take them cookies and stuff. Yeah. And so he called it SWAT, Students Winning All Teens. And so I did that, and then an acronym thing. When I got a little older, I got to drive the van with the church. The church van? Yeah, this is a bad decision. That's against insurance policy, it's, I'm it's sure, even decision. back then. And so it only lasted like two weeks, and they <laughs> kicked me off of driving the church van. Yeah, I wonder why. Because there was a bus stop in Flint where, like, it would rain real hard, and the water would pull up, and it was like right from the bus stop. <laughs> 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 and so, and so we went like twenty miles out of the way because it just rained real hard, and now we have this giant van. And so we go like full speed, and we crash the puddle, and we splash all these people getting on the bus. Oh, they no. all call the church. It says the name of the church <laughs> right. on the side of the van. If driving under, yeah. <laughs> so, call this number. And so I was no longer allowed. allowed oh to drive my the church gosh. Van. That's really funny. Yeah. So uh, same for me in that, like, I just served everywhere I was. Now, I grew up as a pastor's kid, so I kind of had no choice, but yet I always loved it. Like, I know a lot of kids who they their parents were in ministry and they, like, kind of grew up resenting it. But for mm. me, it was like, I get to. I was so pumped to yeah. get to help and be a part of it. Yeah. And so I think for both of us, that's how we started was just yeah. – working that thing yeah you do a good job about that now for our our pastor's kids in the house well thanks like to help make uh make them feel home yeah. every year at christmas wit goes and buys all of them gifts yeah from the church shoes toys necklaces like right. all kind of cool stuff and then we have food and we invite them to events and we like buy a birthday presents yeah. and she does a great job with that i didn't grow up with parents that were pastors yeah my parents are like the most faithful church attenders yeah. Um, but so I didn't understand that like pastor life thing. And so, well, I think that, uh, pastor's kids, they sacrifice a lot more than people see. And, you know, for, for us here at Living Church, it's like our heart that those kids would know that they're called to, to get to serve the house. And that when their mom and dad are giving to the house, um, it is a sacrifice, but it's a family ministry. And so we want them to know how much the church loves and appreciates them. Yeah. 
and I think it helps their hearts. And so, yeah, that's what we did. We both just worked and grinded. And so um, as we talk about the tug of more, let's talk about like that tug because you got called into ministry when you were uh, 16, 17. Okay. And yeah. now you're? I'm 39. 39. Yeah, We're getting old. Yeah, it's getting old. And so you've been lead pastor for five years. Yeah. Uh, this May 1st. Um, and so there's a giant tug and a giant amount of space between 16 and what, 34, when you yeah. finally became the lead pastor. Right. And you probably still don't feel like you've achieved yet all. No. I've of course not. Not right? even close. Of what yeah. God's called you to. Right. And I know for me the same. I didn't even go into full-time ministry until five years ago when I was, yeah, how old? 33, 32, however old I am. And so, like, man, that's a giant space. You're 32? No, I was. Th- oh, I I'm, was like. You're 39, I was I'm like, 37. So you about to be lying on the internet. <laughs> These people are going to Google no, and find out you're not 32. If you're, if you're 39 right now, yeah. I'm 37. Yeah. So five years ago, I would have been 32. And so, like, man, we did a lot of things in life between the, the, tug, call, the call and stepping and into at least this new season for sure. where we are. For sure. And I think that in the world we live in today, everything is so instant. Everything is so like, I want to be gratified. I want to I want to get the dream and then do it. And like, there's a lot of tug between. There's a lot of steps in between. Dream and reality, yeah. dream and stepping into it. Yeah. And like, we read that in the Bible, but I think practically it's helpful for us to talk about yeah. just us. No, I remember when I was young, feeling a, a draw and a call to ministry and just telling God, yes. Yeah. And I said yes to whatever. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I know you I mean. Had a, I had a very clear like vision yeah. of what God wanted me to do. Yeah. And I still haven't had that like fulfilling moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like close my eyes. The See moment, it. the vision that God right. gave me, it hasn't happened yet. And it might not until I'm like 75. Right. And that's fine. But, uh, but I just knew that I said yes. Mm-hmm. And so over the years, as things have been not glamorous right. and hard, I just have to keep remembering like, hey, I told God yes. Yep. And this is where he's leading me. Yep. And so I'm just going to be faithful where I'm at. Yeah, no, I have a story when I was young of... Uh, God vividly telling me like, hey, if you'll keep your eyes on me, I'll take care of everything else. Right. And it's like you just said, like, yeah, my my uh, vision of what I know God's called me to. Yeah, I haven't stepped into all the way either yet. But yet I told God a long time ago, I'll say yes to every opportunity you bring me, but I'll keep my eyes on you and trust that you're the one who's going to take me down the road I need to go. Because yeah. it can't just be that, oh, God will do it and we don't do anything. Yeah. We have to keep grinding yeah. and being faithful in the midst of it. Right. And so talk about some of your faithfulness, some of what you had to do, um, some mm. of just the life things you had to do just to pay your bills and to make it. Because yeah. I think it can be easy to be like, well, I'm just gonna wait and only do ministry until I can get that calling. Well, yeah, but that practically doesn't work when you have a wife and yeah. kids or a husband and no, kids. No, yeah, I mean, it's a lot. Uh, so I left Michigan to come to Southwestern, a Bible college in Texas. And my mom and dad just had a small cleaning business. And so they started a whole other business yeah. with the goal of that business paying for me to be able to make it through school. So I came to school and uh, I'm not really a student guy. Like yeah. I don't really thrive in the You're classroom. You're a student of life. 
yeah, I'm a good learner, but yeah. I'm not good in a classroom right. if I'm not like engaged. My whole transcript are either A's or D's. Depending on. If I liked what I was learning, I would get an A. If I was not engaged, it was like whatever. And well, so they sent funny. me to, they, I came to Bible <laughs> college and uh, got connected to the best leader that I could find. Okay. And so I found Pastor Scott Wilson at the Oaks Fellowship and got really involved at the Oaks. And so though I was learning in the classroom, I was really learning hands-on ministry at the yeah. church. And so I got really involved in student ministry and uh, volunteered and then got brought on part-time making like $100 a month and then more part-time. And then by the time I graduated from school, they brought me on full-time as the outreach pastor of kids, youth, and young adults um, and their like college program. And so did missions trips, uh, front door events for the church, outreach, yeah. outreaches and things like that. And, uh, and man, loved it. Thought I was going to be at the Oaks forever. Yeah. And uh, the Lord kind of led me away from there. That's a long story. I right. don't know if we want to get into that. And so went to a great big church in Houston and was there for two years. And the lead pastor of that church, the founding pastor of that church in Houston, planted it 25 years prior to me mm -hmm. getting there. Started it from yeah. nothing. Wow. And now it's a mega church. Their main auditorium seats 10,000. They have multiple campuses. They had this giant homeless center in downtown Houston helping thousands of people a year. And I was just so awestruck. Yeah, it's super at, inspiring. I was awestruck at what can happen if a man would give his life to a city. Yeah. And so I got bit by this idea. And then uh, a mentor of mine that I had worked for for a long time, uh, him and I started talking about planting a church. Yeah. And at first I was like, no, I don't want to plant no church. Right. There's all these churches failing all over the country. Why would we start another church? We need to just help a church that's, you know, kind of on the way down. Yeah. But, uh, but I said I would pray about it. And so Rachel and I came to Mansfield and visited, and the Lord spoke clearly to Rachel and I that this was going to be the city we raised our kids in, mm -hmm. which was crazy because we didn't have any kids. Right. And so we moved here to start the church and uh, started a church that had no people and had no money. And so for the first five years, dude, it was we were bivocational. So I did everything that I could to, to, to bring resources yeah. in to, to pay our bills. And, you know, it's funny because it's not what I said yes to. Right. But it is what I said yes to. Right. Because I told God, God, I'll do anything you call me to do. And I got a vision of me on a stage, right? And I went to school to learn how to preach. And now I'm doing odd jobs, cutting down trees and moving stuff uh, and buying and selling cars. Yeah. Really, the way that I paid Rachel and I's bills for the first five years was buying and selling cars. Um, somebody gave me a truck, like a F-250, and so I bought a trailer. And over the first five years, I bought and sold hundreds of cars, just on Craigslist or on Facebook Marketplace, and uh, worked that thing. Yeah. It was a job. I mean, I was preaching with calluses all over my hands from picking these cars up and fixing them and doing all the things. And hauling some, them on a trailer hauling them on hours a trailer away. All, all over Texas. Yeah. I mean, I put 100,000 miles on a truck in five years driving around buying stuff. Right. But it, God provided. And it was like, man, I'm telling you, every time we would get into a bind financially, I'd find a deal. Yep. And there'd be sometimes I'd buy a car and only make 500 bucks or 700 bucks. But then uh, you'd reach around and we'd find ourselves in need and I'd find something and I'd sell it and make five grand yeah. in 24 hours. And so, you know, I, I grew up and I would have missionaries come to the church. Mm -hmm. 
and I would hear missionaries tell these stories about how like they were starving and they didn't have anything and they opened their door yeah. and there was like a chicken stand like a right. live chicken standing on their front right. door. And I'd be like, God, I want you to yes. I want a chicken on my front door. I right. didn't need a chicken. Right. But I did need like a F one fifty that yep. guy didn't know what was wrong when I got it on a deal. No. And so uh yeah, bought and sold a lot of cars to be able to and Rachel uh is still a teacher. Yeah. And so she was a high school teacher. And so when we moved to Mansfield, God opened a door. There were almost 200 applicants for her one job, and uh, and she got it. Yeah. I said, "Baby, you got to go and sit in the lobby of that school and just sit there." And so I think she sat there for three days, just there, just a name in a pile, and somebody talked to her, and she met somebody, and they saw her faithfulness, and she got the job that all these other people said they wanted, but they right. didn't. They didn't sit their butt in the chair to yeah. try to get the job, and so that gave us insurance, right? And uh, and had her steady income. So she was my sugar mama for five years. Yeah. Yeah. And so it doesn't look like really always what you think it's going to look like. Yeah. You have to grind. And it's funny because now, <clears throat> just this last week, we're in Vegas driving around in slingshots. Yeah. Eating at nice restaurants. And right. people are like, man, pastor life must be nice. Yeah, I'm they like, have no idea. I'm like, bro, I've been in this game 15 years. Yeah. Broke and hustling to just kind of pay my bills and keep yeah. gas in the car. And so. so no, yeah. I think that's so encouraging because. There's so many people that feel called to greatness, but don't understand that like, yeah, that tug, it's real. You have yeah. to grind. I mean, that said, I didn't go into- Well, for you, you, yeah. you haven't always been Pastor Whitney in title. Right. You've been Pastor Whitney in your heart Absolutely. and in your giftings and in the rooms that you're in. Right. But you had a lot of things before Absolutely. you ever came to an office and- No, for sure. I, I spent seasons of my life um, just at home, pastoring at home, my kids, yeah. like as a mom, and then seasons where, uh, man, I worked for over a decade in the cosmetic world. I worked for Estee Lauder. I traveled on their makeup artist team in the uh, Oklahoma region, all over Oklahoma, Arkansas, and then like West Texas, like that part of Texas that we don't ever see uh, over in Lubbock and Amarillo. And uh, then we moved here. And I felt like when we moved here, we moved here almost 11 years ago. And I felt like my season of life was terrifying. It was like, wait, God, I know you've called me this great thing. I've been in Oklahoma working and grinding and doing what I need to do to provide for my family while still serving my church faithfully, yeah. while still showing up, leading Bible studies, doing whatever they asked me to do for free as a volunteer, because I know, God, you've asked me to say yes to this, but I don't really know what it looks like. But now you've moved me here and I don't know nobody. Yeah. Like Aaron and I didn't know a single person when we moved here to Texas, but we moved here for his job because he uh, oversees airports. At the time, we moved for um, him to manage a, a small airport in South Fort Worth, and now he oversees all three of the Fort Worth airports. But it in that season felt like, okay, we're moving for him, mm -hmm. and God, you don't even see me anymore. It felt right, a little right, right. bit My like- My dreams are forgotten. You forgot yeah. about what you told me and what mm -hmm. you spoke to me, and I've been faithful. And, do you, and now you're taking even uh, the job I'm good at away because- well, And moving you away from the church that you had been everywhere. in faithfully with your family connected. Absolutely. And so it feels like, it feels like the dream's going in the wrong direction. The opposite direction. It's not direction. just paused, but like- But like backwards. Backwards. So like there in Oklahoma, I, I'm working at this job where there's only like 10 of us and like I'm I'm killing it in, in that world, you know. I'm known at my church. I'm known in the district. People know who I am. They they love me. They, they get me. Then I come here 
there's a hundred makeup artists in DFW area and ain't nobody know my name. Right. How am I, I literally would put in bids for, to get a job and like would wait and get, of course, the lowest job on the totem pole for the day and just go stand somewhere and feel like a loser, honestly. And then, yeah, we're, for the first time in our life, looking for a church. I've never done that before. Hmm. And like going on Sundays and like we talk about all the time we're church nerds. There's Sundays that we would go to two different churches on a Sunday morning. Yeah. I'd find out the early service and the late service of like You and Aaron. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna go, we're gonna find the, the minute we moved, we moved here um two days after Christmas and we were in church. Uh we didn't even miss we we found one that was over the New Year's that was meeting on that Sunday. And like we went every week trying to find and dig in and man it took six months and we still were like what in the world and then a friend of mine um, from oklahoma whose parents had been pastors yeah. uh, that i'd known growing up yeah she happened her and her husband happened to be her husband happened to be your buddy in college shout out to eric and natalie morris what's up friends we were eric and i went to school together yeah and we're good friends we're in each other's weddings yeah. and so eric came was a part of the church plant team yeah natalie but, and i uh lived well, in the same town of muskogee, muskogee oklahoma okay and then tulsa oklahoma yeah. at the same time and she and i went to high school together our parents knew each other in ministry and one day on facebook she said she just moved to mansfield texas and i just got on and was like wait a minute i just moved to mansfield texas what are you doing and yeah. she invited us to the very first launch meeting for living church and so we came and uh my kids showed up in like, um, we had gone to Six Flags and they got those like superhero capes mm-hmm. and they wore them to the meeting. And I was like, we're gonna be those weird, that weird family with the kids who are dressed weird. And, but you know, you gotta fight your battles with your kids. I don't know if well, you have to oh, man. fight your uh, battles yeah, with your kids. And so we show up and we're like, huh, this is something we can get behind. And we've already had actually been a part of our home church had uh, branched off and planted a church and we had helped with that. And so we knew, we weren't afraid to hustle and work, yeah. and we thought, let's do it. Yeah. And then along the way, that first week, met some great friends, and yeah. we've got to do it ever since. Yeah. But even that was five years of me faithfully serving and showing up oh, yeah. and being a part before God moved the pieces. No, I, I remember when we first started, uh, before I was lead pastor, and I was yeah. running a lot of the day-to-day like, right. ministry Other teams, things. outreaches, yeah. life groups. Uh, <clears throat> I would go to the mall mm-hmm. and Whitney and I would have meetings in the food court Yep, because she was helping with life groups or ministry teams or greeter team or Whatever. really everything that I was kind of yeah. running with. And because you were at work, yeah, you were there slinging perfume, slinging some perfume and you would like have a lunch break. Yeah. Well, there would be in the, in the mall. Yeah. Like food no, court. Cause I stuck with it. I, yeah. I showed up and I was like, hey, I'm still low up man on the totem pole, but I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to let them know my name. I might be starting over, but it doesn't mean that like I'm a loser. So I just kept digging in until I actually got a really good job that I, I, I really was valued and taken care of well. And it was close to home. Yeah. Uh, I spent the first year driving literally all over DFW, but this one was right here in Arlington, which then gave me the flexibility to keep serving in my church and yeah. to keep helping you with whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I went and met with the, I can't remember the name of the magazine now, but the magazine yeah, people. Yeah, we were trying to do some advertising. Yeah, Get some advertising. I was like, whatever I can do, let we me help. We didn't do it. But no, because it was a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have a lot of money back then. But we, uh, but man, I was like, I'll say yes to anything. And then I remember in the season um, that you were trying to figure out what was next for you. I was like, hey, I'll just go wherever it is. Let's do it. Oh man. Like I'll keep, yeah. I'll keep selling this perfume. I worked for Procter and Gamble at that time and was, 
yeah, slinging perfume and hair care and skincare and whatever I could um, to pay the bills. But to uh, there were seasons that I would show up on Sunday, help serve and work, and then jump in my car and change my clothes like while driving to go put on my work clothes and go to the mall and do an event there because that's yeah. what I knew I was supposed to do. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, let's go do it, whatever we're doing. Yeah. Because when God calls you to something, you can't let the little things no. keep you from doing it. And there's moments that it feels like what God's called you to is super far. Really far away. Like f- f- six years ago, yeah. for both of us, it felt really far away. Really far. I'm like, is the church even going to make it? Right. Is the church going to close down? Are we leaving and am going I just, somewhere else? Am I just about to become a car dealer? Right. Like, Because I was then at that point learned it and yeah. I'm making money now. And I'm like, is this just what I'm going to do? Yeah. What, what are we doing? But... You, you have to hold on to that dream. Yeah. You have to hold on to the more. It's true. And believe that what God said, he meant. Yep. And so we just have to keep saying yes every day. Even if the yes is buying another car, even if the yes is selling another thing of perfume, yep. even if the yes is following under a leader that everything isn't going well, right. you just have to keep saying yes because God's plan will win. And even when you screw it up, you can still yeah. uh, get helped being going back on track because I'll just share a mistake of mine. I got impatient at a certain point because mm-hmm. I knew God called me to more. Mm-hmm. And I knew I'm supposed to lead, I'm supposed to help change and make a difference yeah. somewhere. And I got a job uh, leading a, a, an office at a medical place. Yeah, Not what I was supposed to do. Took right. way too much of my time and energy. Yeah, Pulled me away from serving the church as much. And Pulled your family. Me, and my family yeah. and like, but I, in that season, got impatient and frustrated and felt like, God, I know you've told me that I'm going to make big change and that I'm going to help cha- change the face of something. And so fine, if you're not going to let me do it in the church, I'll do it somewhere else. Yeah. And if I'm really honest, it was selfish about I'll mm-hmm. do it for me. Yeah, because I don't want to be the perfume girl anymore. No, I'm done with it. Right. I've got more in me. Because people would I be can... kind of even demeaning Oh, absolutely. To you. Like... Yeah. It's, you're, the title is really a fragrance model. Yeah. That's what you're being. And yeah. so you're just a girl representing. No, that's the opposite of who I right. knew I was called to be. And so um, for a season, I really dug in and was like, fine, I'll do it myself. And to be super honest, I was completely miserable in it. Like that was the worst thing ever. I learned a ton. God turns it all for good that yeah. I actually use in my job today. But man, that was a hard season. Yeah. But God redeems it. Yeah. Because then finally I was like, this isn't right. I have to step away. Actually, I had these friends that helped me process the fact that it wasn't right. No, we knew that you weren't happy there. Yeah. Rachel and I knew, and no. Aaron had talked to me about it. Yeah. And so it's like, you got to quit. No, you got to job. Stop it. And so we wrote your, res- yeah. I wrote your resignation letter. Yeah, it's true. And then gave you. Like what? You, Two you weeks? with your deadlines. I do me. this thing. I do this thing to people that I care about where I know the change they need Here's to make. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. Okay, fine. When are you going to have that done by? Okay, give me the timeline and then you have two <laughs> weeks or whatever. And so, but you did but it. But I did it. Yeah. And I think in that, I remember being so afraid though. Now I'm just going back again to exactly where I was. Yeah. But what I didn't know is that in that next year, God would change everything. Everything. And I think we can't get impatient in that. Yeah when it when it it's when it gets bad sometimes you got to silence all the voices even yours and so for me i did a fast in that season because yeah. you were in a shaking i was in a shaking yeah. and uh you know you you fast which we've preached about before you can go to livingchurch.com and yeah. find a message teaching on fasting um 
and man, God moved it all. Yeah. He moved it all. You don't win your tug of war game like in the easy moment. No. It's usually in that breaking moment where you're like, I'm either going to let go or I'm going to heave one more time really hard. And so if you're watching and you've got a dream that feels real far away, trust God. Yeah. Don't give up on the belief that there's more for you. I know that today it might feel real far away, that it might feel like there's no way this is ever going to come to fruition. But if you'll just stay faithful, yeah. if you won't let go, I know your hands are tired. <laughs> I know your bag is hurting, your legs are screaming to give up, but man, stay faithful. Yeah. Because if if we would have given up, no, right. we would not be doing what God's called us to do. And there are countless people whose eternities have been changed Come on, because true. we didn't give up. Yeah. No, and I think that that's such an important piece of like, all the enemy wants is for us to quit, yeah. to lay down the rope and walk away and say, forget it. And there's a lot of times Oh yeah. you could quit. You could be a student and be like, man, this is too hard, the college debt or whatever. Right. I don't, I'm never going to get a job and I'm going to quit. You could be at another season of life and think, I'm just going to stay safe right. and I'm just going to be here. Keep maintaining. I'm just going to maintain. I'm not right. going to make that jump to start my own business. Yeah. I'm not going to make that jump to make this investment or to leave this job to go to this job. And we, we talked about the last one. We just get yeah. safe in the settle. Oh. But man. Anything worth having yeah. is worth fighting for. It's true. Anything that's tough and difficult but mighty and powerful, it costs something. Yeah. And I think we can't get stuck in the place between the dream and the reality, but we just got to keep keep going, keep striving. Let's what? talk about uh, the meeting that Rachel and I had with you and Aaron and Mika Sina's uh, okay. when I gave you the job offer. Okay. Let's talk about it. Is that in line? I don't know. I don't you got some questions. Oh, no, it's perfect. I don't know. Uh, we, uh, so I stepped into lead pastor. Yeah. There's a lot to the story that we'll get to and tell yeah, someday. That's why they have to keep subscribing and tuning in because we'll reveal it one step at a time. Yeah, but <laughs> I knew that I needed Whitney yeah. to come alongside and help me figure out what was happening. Yeah. And so the church was not in a financial place to right. like actually get you to work here full time. Right. And so Rachel and I took Aaron Witt to Mikasina's, uh, and I had like a big thing I wrote out. I'd sent it to my dad to like read it and like see if the job made sense. Right. And so I wanted to bring you on to be our communications director. Yes. And uh, which I didn't even know what the junk that meant. <laughs> and so I wrote it all out and uh, we go and I like present it and I give the piece of paper and talk about it. And then I said, and, uh, and there's a full-time position. And it's true. And I can offer you ten thousand a year. Yeah. And we all just kind of sat there and looked at each other. And it took everything. I was embarrassed. Yeah, I know. I was right. embarrassed. Yeah. Uh, because Whitney has was already working more. She was already working more hours than ten thousand dollars right. would have made any sense yeah. for as a volunteer. And uh, and. You said yes. Yeah. No. I think I remember in the moment, because um, you know, like if you're just honest, yeah. There's there's like the human self and then the spiritual self, right? And right. they're at war with each other, yeah. like all the things. And so in the moment, I was like, okay, huh? But then like it was immediately replaced with, did I say I would say yes to every yeah. opportunity? Yeah. And do I know this is the next right step God has? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so do I trust 
that not only God, but also you for sure are going to take care of me. Yeah. As you know, as I, sh- as, as we're able, we're able as to, God opens the door. as we can. Yeah. And so, yeah, I left the job uh, that was p- helping pay our bills in that season and said yes to this and stepped into it. And, and now five years later, I'm still only paying her $10,000 a year. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> no, no I but think God's faithful, he, man. I think that's the part that is so incredible to me is that from that moment on, man, it was hard. Like yeah. that, the last five years have not been easy, but they've been the best five years. For they've sure. been the most rewarding. And then, you know, personally, financially, for Aaron and I, like part of our story has been financial struggle as well. And the last five years, God's faithfulness in that, I can't even articulate right? because he has taken care of us over and above, not just me, but also him. Oh, for sure. Which I think. Well, I mean, two become one. And so when you say yes here, God pours out his blessing in a lot of different ways. Absolutely. And because my yes wasn't just my yes, it was his. Oh, all day. Oh, Aaron, Aaron works here. Yeah. Like all of, all of, right, right. All of our family, it was a family ministry. Yes. Decision of like, Hey, of course, like there was no question. I was going to say yes. There's yeah. just always that tug in your moment, in the moment where you're like, oh, okay, God, really? Are you, are you sure? Yeah. And, and then he's like, yeah, I got you. And when we can trust that, he can do way more yeah. than we can on our own. Yeah. So what's the, what's the like application for people? If you're starting a business that uh, you, um, know that, hey, this first few years might grind. I might have to grind and I might have to start my business on the side. Don't just quit your day job and jump into something. Keep grinding both. You better be burning the midnight oil early in the morning and late at night. Like yeah. you better be doing it. Uh, I don't know what else. Yeah, no, push it and uh, be patient. Work that thing. I think that we can't, we can't understand the value of patience Yeah. because if we would have given up on living church at year three right. or at year five, yeah. it wouldn't right. be here. No, it wouldn't, it be, wouldn't here. be here. And like, and those stories wouldn't be And then be what? Here. Then you're just starting over? Right. Like, so, so stay faithful to the thing that God's calls yeah. you to do. Don't, don't hit eject too early. No, don't leave. Stay faithful and trust God. Like really trust him. Yeah. I think for me, the biggest lesson I've learned in that is like, crap, I wish I wouldn't have tried to circumvent and do it myself. Yeah. So, because more is not easy. It's not easy, but, but it's worth. But it's what God for. has for you. Yep. Man, so fun. Uh, thanks, Wit. No, great thank conversation, you. guys. We're glad that you've watched and hung out with us today. We want you to engage. So, yeah. if you have questions, if you have comments, we want to know right. what you want us to talk about as okay. uh, as we're kind of talking yeah. about the tug of more. So, make sure that you subscribe. Uh, we're on a bunch of different platforms. Yeah. So, if you're watching us. YouTube. On YouTube, you can also find us on Spotify and Apple Music and SoundCloud. I don't know. All the things. Yep, Anywhere you can find a podcast. Yeah. You can find us. We're there. <laughs> Love you guys. Have a great one. Bye.